What's up and welcome to the Invincibly Broken Podcast, a weekly talk show hosted by your boys, Orlando and Julian, talking about today's society, their family lives, and anything they damn well please. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Invincibly Broken Podcast. And I got to tell you that Julian and I are really excited. Uh, I know uh, a few episodes ago, Julian and I really um, went down and deep and personal. And we talked about our own battles within with depression, uh, anxiety, and overall mental health. And that wasn't an easy conversation for Julian and I to have. And uh, I know Julian will probably uh, echo that back, that it was, uh, it, it was something that we talked about and we got hyped up about. But when it came to actual recording, uh, it was definitely difficult to pull the words out of our mouths. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, I don't know if it's just kind of like a just overall male Hispanic macho or just male macho thing. Uh, usually, that's just those things that guys really don't talk about on a regular basis. So, you know, it, it took a little bit, you know, in the beginning of the of the episode, we were a little bit slow. But once we got a little bit more comfortable, um, I, I think we got to a comfort level where we were more uh, better able to speak about these things. At least that's how I, that, that's the way that I felt. Um, I know that I've known Orlando uh, or we've known each other for you know, going on 17 years, but this is like really the first time that we've ever had these kinds of start conversations. So I started feeling a little bit more comfortable. Um, Orlando, do you think, I mean, were, were you feeling the same way that I was? I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and you made a, you brought up a good point. It's not something men usually talk about, right? You know, it's not something that we'll get together, have a couple of beers and really open up with one another. And just be, just like you said, we've known each other for many, many years. And it wasn't a conversation that we've ever, ever brought up together. That particular episode inspired us in a lot of different ways. One, our friends and listeners uh, really reached out to us and either thanked us for having, those convers- having that conversation live here on the podcast. Um, we were applauded for being brave enough and having the courage to have those conversations on a public forum like this. and. You know, like I said, it inspired us. Um, you know, it was something that was difficult for us to do. Decided that this is something that I think that we're going to continue to talk about and bring to the forefront um, with our podcast. And we always talk about being socially responsible and giving back to, you know, overall humanity. But, you know, there's a lot of things that men don't like to talk about or people have a hard time talking about in general. And, you know, maybe by us having those conversations, uh, will inspire others to have that, have those conversations as well, and to be open and have an open dialogue with their friends, their family, and their loved ones. So, which brings me to, you know, we got some, we got some feedback from a good friend and listener of the show, and it really, of all the, of all the comments and feedback that I've received over the last um, few months that we've been doing this now. This definitely kind of was eye-opening and, and definitely was something that really, 
you know, tugged at my heart and made me kind of, you know, made me feel good that some good came out of it, even if it was just one person. What What do you think, Julian? Yeah, no, um, I, I, it was definitely, uh, it, it definitely got me uh, in the feels. Mm-hmm. The uh, the comment and uh, what was said, and uh, you know, we've subsequently had had a couple of people reach out to us. As far as uh, I also had a, a really great friend of mine, a 20s plus year friend of mine from high school, kind of share on our website her experiences and things like that. Um, uh, women, for the most part, are a little more apt to share, you know, their feelings, how they feel emotionally about things Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. with other people. With us, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, um, you know, call it upbringing, call it you know, being macho, whatever it is, men for whatever reason, we, we just have a really hard time uh, sharing these kinds of things with each other. Absolutely. Now, I know that when I'm having bad times, I'll share things with like people who I, you know, my wife, mm-hmm. I share these things, but I don't typically share this with my friend, male friends. Or even male relatives. Absolutely. So I want to go ahead and and share to you guys the message that I received um, from a good friend of mine who listens to that episode. And I'm going to read it because, one, he gave me permission to read it on the air. And two, you know, I know there's a lot of other people out there that that feel this way. Um, So this was a text message that was sent to me late at night. And it reads, hey, man, I apologize for the late text. I just want to let you know that I've listened to your podcast, specifically the one where you guys discuss depression and anxiety. I genuinely felt your friend was pulling the words out of my mouth. It helped me realize that I'm not alone and I'm not going crazy. You guys really inspired me to go see a doctor. I literally went the other day. I started and I started taking this to the next level. Lately, I feel like I was spiraling out of control. I couldn't control it, crying at random times feeling insufficient, and genuinely not feeling like myself. I've always known that I needed to see a doctor, but I always felt too macho and embarrassed to do so. I struggle with life now, but your podcast really helped me more than you know. Thanks to you both for helping me, and I have a long journey, and, but I hope it'll be worth it in the long run. So that was the text message I got. And I, and like I said, it really, I mean, I, I, I shared it with Julian right away. And, you know, as much as we inspired him with that episode, he inspired us to do more and to, and to use our platform to continue bridging that gap of t- stereotypes of masculinity and what it is to be a man, what's manly, what's not manly things to that nature. And I think as you guys continue to listen to our podcast and you subscribe and, and you follow us through a journey, I think you're really going to like where we're going to go with down with some of this stuff. With that being said, you know, we did discuss depression and anxiety and our stories that we went through, but what we really didn't touch on, which we're going to touch on today is how do we live with this on a daily basis? You know, what do we do now to kind of counteract if you know, if, if we start to feel down or the anxiety starts to creep up on us and, um, and share with you guys some of the things that works for us might not work for all, 
But uh, we definitely hope that maybe we can give you every, you guys some a little bit of insight on what we do to chill out or to understand when we are not right and when to, when to ask for help again, whether it's from a professional or maybe your loved ones, your friends, your spouse, whomever it be. We've been living under ridiculous, crazy times, like unheard of. Like we have biblical plagues, world's going crazy, protests, riots, you know, everyone has, everyone seems like everybody has to pick a side nowadays and it's, it's stressful, right? And then on top of that stress, social media just amplifies the living hell out of it, right? Like it's in your face 24 seven, especially if you're active on social media. So, you know, how do, so let me ask you this, Julian, how does social media really affect you on a daily basis, like with your mood, especially with, especially particularly now? I know we kind of talked about social media in the past, but how about now, like with everything that's going on? Oh, that's a good question. Um, when it comes to social media, I mean, um, I, I like to think that I'm a person who's kind of level-headed. Um, and I talked in the past that I used to kind of post just to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't do that anymore. I really try not to let social media uh, influence my mood mm-hmm. or how I'm feeling because there's already a lot of stuff that we're dealing with. The last thing that I need now, don't get me wrong. Social media is a platform for some, for, for, you know, that is available to everybody and everybody has, you know, well, I, I think we agreed upon most everybody has, um, is entitled to have that voice to be heard on a, on a, on a vast platform. Mm-hmm. You know, there are your mm-hmm. couple of ones that you're like, mm, okay. But (laughs) yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've always been a person, even through the struggles that I go through with my depression, my anxiety and everything, I like to take a step back, kind of look at what's everything. And and even just when I'm not feeling this, just the same way that you, that, that, that you get the information from one side, you get the information from another side. I'm not biased either way. Uh, so I want to know what one side is saying, what the other side is saying. But at the end of the day, I try to make, I, I, I do my best not to make it uh, dictate my mood. I know you're not trying to make it influence your mood. You ever feel like whatever the person is saying, they're saying it to you? Like, do you like, like that first three seconds, and we all know that guy that's your friend on social media that says something just egregious. And you're just like, dude, I didn't even know you were like that. But before you even see it, you're like, I want to punch this guy in the throat. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I have a lot of those friends and a lot of them <laughs> from high school. But again, I, I think the most is that you could, probably, you could probably hear my eyes rolling back, like me rolling my eyes. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I try to stay. This is where I, I, I try to separate the emotional from the analytical. All right. This is what they're saying. Cool. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree with it. I'm not going to engage with it. First of all, that's the biggest thing that, that keeps my mood, you know, in a, in a good place is I don't engage with it. And then I just move on. I just scroll and, and all right, cool, man. That's, that's your opinion. That's how I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as active on social media. I mean, just now I just recently become 
pretty active on social media because of this, you know, uh, this venture that we're having. But I know because I followed you for a very long time, Orlando, that you are very active on social media. Mm -hmm. Does are you the same way, or does social media kind of <sighs> sway you one way or the other? <laughs> you know, norm. So before you and I decided to do this podcast, as active as I am on social media, I really decided to i had for almost a good year and a half i did not use facebook very much and if i did use facebook i legitimately posted pictures um and i've gone back and forth about canceling facebook and and deleting my account for a couple of reasons and the biggest one is just you know yes everybody has a voice but i don't think anybody really takes the time to to listen or not listen excuse me do their think before they type right it's bad enough that there's some people out there that don't think before they talk but literally you're putting something down that is is going to be with you for the rest of your life you can hit as many delete buttons as you want but there's a copy of what you said somewhere and and we've all seen the news of things popping up on on celebrities that they're digging up from 15 20 years ago but regardless you know facebook has a lot of noise right and there's people arguing about vegans. There's people arguing about people who like to eat meat. There's people who, dogs versus cats. You, people argue about political parties, current presidents, past presidents. I mean, shit, people are still arguing about whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user. Like, it's, it's insane to me that everything has to be picked aside. And, you know, for, the, for what I did use social media for, I try to make it positive as possible. It does strike a nerve with me sometimes. You know, I have seen people um, make some really egregious comments and they hold very high level positions in corporate America um, in past companies that I've worked for um, that, ha that are giving opinions that I, I don't agree with. And I find it crazy that they're even given their public opinion like that, knowing that they're a figure of the community. Or I just have people who just say dumb things. Like, I've seen it all. Like, I think we've talked about it, about people saying to kill cops or to rise against white people or, or, or and then white people are drawing a line and saying, no, you know, if you, don't act, if, if you don't act like that, then it won't happen. And it's just nuts to me. Like, literally, when I see these things, I just get angry. There's a good five, 10 seconds where I just get mad. And... I literally feel my heart begin to pound. That adrenaline starts to take over. And I'm like, what the, dude? Like, like, I want to break out the keyboard and I want to just like write something as equally as, as hurtful as what they're saying. And then of course, like you said, like I just, I try to be, I try to process it. You know, I make excuses for them I, I, just because it makes me feel better. Like, you know, maybe they're not as educated. Maybe their mom didn't love them enough maybe she didn't say goodnight to them before she went to bed or maybe some kid used to take his two dollar lunch money i don't know why people are so angry it definitely happens and i think it's normal to read something at face value and just get pissed or see a video these some of these videos like you know i've seen a lot of videos about police brutality and i'm like dude what the f like like what would i do if i was in that situation like what what if that was me? And then I get angry and I get heated. At the same time, I'm like, all right, look, calm down. It's not me. And honestly, it gives me, it gives me anxiety. I, it, like, I feel, 
I, I, I feel anxiety if I ever, like, if I were to ever get pulled over and if I were ever get into an altercation with an asshole cop, you know, not all cops are assholes, but, you know, what do I do? Like, you know, do I try to stand up for myself in, in the face of a law enforcement officer or do I just comply and, and, and be just whatever they want me to be at the time? And, and I, I find myself going down a crazy rabbit hole at times over stuff like that. and. It gives me a lot of angst and a lot of worry, um, and it makes me really, it just makes me really uncomfortable altogether. Now, let me ask you a question. So we, we talked about this, about our social media episode, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we both agreed upon with social media was that one of the things that social media has kind of taken away from just normal interactions is that say it to my face kind mm-hmm. of thing. You understand? Mm-hmm. So we have individuals who are saying all these things without having that repercussion of getting punched in the face or anything. (laughs) So do you, which I still believe needs to happen, quality control and everything. But do you feel that that angst and that anger is because you know for a fact that I cannot punch this guy in the face, or I know that there's not going to be any physical uh, or, you know, repercussions at that moment. Yeah. Maybe some, later down the road yeah. you know it might be get caught and the person might That's lose a, their job and stuff like that but do you feel that because it's social media and we are no longer able to react with that face-to-face interaction is why it's also ca- causing you in particular angst i i that's because a good you don't point. really have an outlet yeah and i think that's a, i think that's a good point that i don't have an outlet like i don't have a, a way to confront without having to type my own words and you know you know, I I grew up in an age where there was no social media, and and most of my twenties was no social media, at least what there is today, right? There was you know MySpace and stuff like that. You know, I, a lot of it, like if someone told me something, and I and me, I don't have a problem with conflict. So if someone told me something I didn't like, I had no problem being like, "Well, you're wrong," and this is why I think you're wrong. And I never felt those type of types of anxiety or anger back then. So I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I can't, you know, um confront them i mean there's been a couple times where i picked up the phone or i've shot a a buddy of mine a text message like bro what the what are you thinking like like why would you even remote why would you put that like what why do you think you're right in this case and for the most part they're a lot more docile when it's voice to voice or if i see them in person versus what they are on social media so i think you're right i think everybody gets needs to get punched in the mouth one time to chill out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so now let me add on to that question. So mm-hmm. now we kind of agreed that you don't have that. So, you know, again, back in our 20s, mm-hmm. our social media, our social networks was sitting outside on the porch or on the stairs mm-hmm. to the, you know, with our friends. Yeah. That was our social network. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, and, and we never touched on this, but even though, yes, we're in an age of technology where one thing is said, it's sent, it's out there, and, you know, you can never take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think the other part about it is, is one, that what we were talking about, that uh, accountability, maybe that repercussions, but also, yes, have people done stupid shit on, on you know, on social media, on the internet? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think also the repercussions or the consequences are not immediate. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Because, you know, you tell somebody, 
you know, in, in, in our time, you tell somebody, hey, you get into an argument, you get into a fight, whatever, but now you're on social media. So now you got to type it out. You got to send it. Maybe you don't know the person yeah. and you don't have their phone number or you send mm -hmm. them a message and that takes them like two days for them to respond or not respond at all. So you, th there's no closure. Mm -hmm. There's not that interaction. Yeah. So I think maybe possibly that, that that's another reason why there's a lot of this angst because the response is not necessarily immediate. Yeah, no, and I agree. So this is my advice to, to everybody out there because I know everybody is struggling with this now. I mean, and when I say everybody, I know I'm using that term loosely, but there's a lot of people on social media. We have an election coming up in November that's going to be an ugly, I think it's going to be ugly as hell. And, you know, I think it's just going to continue to divide us as, as a country and as individuals, you know, even between family members, right? And that's just ridiculous to, to be divided like that, um, you know. But a couple things that I did in the past, right? Because I talked about this, like I totally kind of shut my Facebook down at one point. And I think you had said you had chilled out a lot with Facebook too. Um, so I'd be interested to, to hear your feedback on this, Julian. But um, so a couple of my things that I do is for one on my phone, uh, the first step, the first stage, right? Because it's a borderline addiction. So you got to admit that you have a problem <laughs> and then you got to, and then you got to do something about it. Um, what I did was I shut off all my notifications for Facebook and Twitter in particular, completely off. So if something was posted on my page or someone tagged me on my page or someone that I followed tweeted something or, or posted something on Facebook, I wouldn't even know about it. And, you know, for the most part during the day with my day job, I'm, I'm pretty busy. So eight hours a day, I would literally fly by, wouldn't even check Facebook because I was never triggered to, to check Facebook. Unless like someone called me and was like, oh, did you see the pictures of so-and-so? Then I would pick up the phone and I would look. So I would do that. And then I would go home. And when I got home and I was like ch chilling, having a beer or eating dinner or whatever, or just sitting in bed, I would pop it open and see what's going on in the world. But I learned quickly that that helps, but it's not the answer. Ultimately, I still had a Facebook account, but I deleted the application from my phone. So I needed to be in either in front of a desktop or I had to sign in like, like the web browser on my phone in order to do it. And it's not exactly a very compelling experience to do so on your phone. Um, but I had to be sitting down stationary at like a computer or a laptop for me to look. And, I, and that really helped a lot. Honestly, I really was not that active on social media uh, for a while there, um, on, at least on Facebook, for the most part. On Facebook, I wasn't. I've always been very active on, on Instagram. But uh, on Facebook side, you know, just, just, just mute it and don't look at it. Try to have some, uh, some willpower and get rid of it. And, and I totally condone it. And honestly, we should have another episode on Facebook because I think Facebook's the devil. <laughs> but what about, what about you, Julian? <laughs> um, I'm completely the opposite. It, and again, going back to, to the conversation, I've just recently started becoming, and what I mean recently is when did we launch our first oh, episode? Man. Like April yeah, 7th? April 7th, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, from April 7th to now is when I actually have become active on, on social media. I've always had Facebook. I've just become very active on Instagram and just started doing on Twitter. Facebook has always been my go-to. But like I said, I've always been a haha, that's funny, you know, laugh emoji, share, and that's mm -hmm. it. So I don't and, and you know, I scroll and I and I see it all the time. 
I, I see all the people trolling each other, you know, putting all these triggering or baiting, you know, taglines or something. But then, you know, I'll look at it and I'm like, Ugh, not worth it. And I just keep scrolling. So it really never has the, the social media aspect has never really been something that it has been something that would trigger me. Even when I saw something that I didn't agree, I, I just, yeah, okay. Um, you yeah. know me, Orlando. I'm very even keel. I, I really don't let things bother me. And I just move on. Recently, I've been becoming a lot more active on social media only because of the podcast. Mm. You know, we want to do the growth and all that stuff. But even then, I don't, I, I like, I'm on social media, like on my breaks and I'll look and that's it. But I don't, um, I hardly ever engage on comments, you know, unless somebody says something and I say, hey, thank you for listening, whatever. But I, I'm not really, I don't really engage only because I used uh -huh. to uh, in the MySpace mm -hmm. days and I got burnt yeah. and I lost friends over it. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. So let me ask you this. So it's good. I'm glad social media doesn't trigger you like that because I, I don't think that's the case for a lot of people in, in this world right now. You know, you, you, you shared with us about your depression and your road through there. So what triggers you now? Like, do you have something that really, when, like, that builds up your stress levels or maybe, you know, anything in particular that might get you, I don't know, just, just maybe fall down that, that path or is it something that is uncontrollable? Whenever I'm going through like some sort of a treatment, it's very controllable. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my medications, so I really don't feel like that. When I'm not taking the medications or anything like that, it's not, uh, unfortunately, it's not necessarily an immediate onset, meaning I don't just like one day I wake up and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I have, it, it, it has a slight buildup for me. And, and again, it, it usually goes with some kind of a stressor, mm -hmm. whether, you know, something happened at work or, you know, I, something's going on in my personal life and then they start kind of comp compounding on top of each other and then um and again being all macho and all that stuff not really sharing i just kind of bottle it up and i just kind of muscle yeah. through it i'm like eh, i'm just going through just yeah. going through a rough whatever let me get through it and then after some time um then the the symptoms start becoming more more aggressive more acute mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm looking at the loss of sleep because i'm having the nightmares and then it's usually the nightmares this what tells me that I'm like, whoa, hold yeah. on, let me stop and let me go. Yeah. That's a that's a, it's a good point. A lot of people don't realize, you know, and I ask you this because some people don't know, like they think sometimes it has to be triggered by something and sometimes it really doesn't. You know, it can just be onset, especially if you're not getting treated or whatever. So I share with you guys that I don't I don't take medication and I have tried alternate means of, of coping with stress and anxiety and my depression. Um, and, and honestly, I, and, and, and I've said this before, medication is good. Like I think people, if you need it, to definitely take it. I don't think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but my daughter, I have a five-year-old daughter who is autistic, and one of the biggest things that we have a hard time with is the fact that she doesn't sleep through the night, right? Uh, among other things, but she doesn't sleep through the night. So when she doesn't sleep through the night, we don't sleep through the night. And I'll tell you, man, like trying to, I mean, there's probably weeks in a row where I will average about two to three hours of sleep. And you guys could do the math. 
that is five hours short of what uh whatever medical doctors say that you need for a restful night's sleep and and it weighs on you you know you begin to have just anxiety just from not sleeping all you think about is being tired and that really gives me a hard time dealing with with my life because I'm tired right and then I have all this compound distress maybe from work um maybe other other things that are going on in my life you know even like now like with the podcast and my day job you know I find myself you know just I'm constantly thinking of one or the other. Do I have the time to do this or the time to do that? When am I going to be able to do that? You know, I don't want to stay up to 11 o'clock at night to do it because I want to try to sleep before my daughter may wake me up in the middle of the night. Sometimes there's a lot of other triggers, not just mental triggers, I guess is what really what I'm trying to say. I don't really know if I'm wording that correctly. It's very interesting that you brought that up too about the, the, the sleeping situation because before this time that I went out and saw mm-hmm. help, about five years ago, again, I started kind of seeing the same issues, the same problems, and I went and I went see, and, and I went to go see a psychologist. One of the biggest things was that I was just not sleeping well again because of the nightmares and things like that. Believe it or not, and a lot of people don't know, but sleep has a huge yeah. impact on the body. absolutely huge impact on the body. So the psychologist was did not put me on medication. What she had me do is order a sleep study. Interesting. So I went to the sleep study and, you know, she asked me a couple of other questions. You know, I snore a little bit. You know, at the time I was like, yeah, I think I snore and all that stuff. Anyway, I went to sleep study and, ah, guess what? I have sleep apnea. My brain wakes up every six mm-hmm. seconds because it's not getting enough oxygen. So I may feel like I slept the entire night. Like in the sense that I, I might have gone to bed at 930 and then I woke up at 530 in the morning. That's eight hours, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, because my brain keeps waking up and, you know, every six seconds. So what, I, you know, do the math when I'm, I'm sleeping, actually, what, uh, 10, I'm awake 10, uh, 50 seconds out of a minute. Yeah. That's ish. Being, it's, taking care of your body is a big component of handling any type of, um, mental health, you know, yeah, you have something going on up here, but you know, it's sometimes a signal of what's, what's going on in your body. Right. You know, I, I talked about having cancer and having my thyroid removed and a lot of my, a lot of my issues with depression, anxiety came because I didn't have a thyroid and I wasn't regulated on my medication. And there's a lot of other illnesses out there that, um, are linked to depression, even, even being overweight, um, you know, lack of sleep, uh, things like that. Those are things that definitely you should keep in mind. Yeah, no, a- a- absolutely. I-, I totally agree. And then in that particular experience, once I went and I got my sleep study and I started wearing my CPAP, a lot, you know, like 90% of my symptoms of what I thought was mm-hmm. depression went away yeah. completely. And for, and, it was and just for because you, I needed a good yeah, night's sleep. For you listeners that don't know what a CPAP is, it's an actual machine that you covers your nose and your mouth it's a jock strap you put in front of your face and it pushes air <laughs> it's a it's a jock strap that you put on your face and literally injects oxygen into your mouth and nose <laughs> yeah because my 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 flap my epiglottis is has a poor work ethic and sometimes it'll like go over my <laughs> windpipe yeah i think sleep has a lot to do with it and then you know and and like i mentioned about my daughter i 
really triggers me a lot too. You know, she's 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 a young girl. She's five years old. Um, she's autistic. Not only um is she autistic, but she's also nonverbal. So she does not, she can't express herself normally like I'm expressing myself right now. And it's difficult because she come, her parents can talk the paint off of the wall. And it's, um, it's something that, you know, when we have, when, when she's having a hard time with sleep and behavior issues, it sets me back big time. Like I really find myself thinking about not only her now, but I think about what her life is going to be like. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, is, is she ever going to talk in complete sentences? Um, will, will she have a fair shake in this world, in this society? You know, is she going to be bullied in school? Will she ever get married? Will she ever find the love of her life? You know, will I walk her down the aisle? You know, these are all things that run through my mind because I don't, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's just different with her. Like, I don't know what she's thinking because she can't verbally tell me. So I find myself always thinking about that. Always. I literally will, I could be in the middle of a conference and my mind will just float, daydream. And I think of these different situations, you know, like I think of my daughter at at school or I think of my daughter at her therapy. I'm like, are they treating her right? Are they doing what they need to be doing? to make sure she gets what she needs. Then I, then I get harder on, I, I'm hard on myself. Cause like, am I doing enough as her father to make sure that, that she has the best possible life that she can have. And, you know, and I think, I think, and I'm sure Julian, as a dad, you probably think the same way with your daughters. You know, I'm sure they're always in the forefront of your mind. I think that's something that definitely gets me, puts my mind, it gets the anxiety running deep in my mind and it starts make you know me- mentally fucking me basically and you know i get down and say i start getting really sad and and i start thinking about and i start thinking about the worst possible things that i could possibly think of it really really is is exhausting mentally exhausting like i can't keep up with my own thoughts I and mean, i can't i can't be positive fast enough to to counteract what my mind is thinking negatively, especially when it comes to my little girl. You and I kind of have the same thing. Yes, my my daughters are always on the on the forefront. I do not have the experience of having a child with a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know what it's like having a spouse with a disability, mm-hmm. where even though she's you know very capable very independent but there's a lot of things that she could not do without me so in a lot of times um and you know i'm not saying it that in a bad way yeah but um, i, I get you know you. sometimes i would have to stop what i'm doing because you know she's trying to contact somebody through a relay system and she can't get through so now she's contacting me because hey I, this needs to get done i can't get through an operator yeah. so now i got to stop what i'm doing and then you know and then um, address that other issue, yeah. make a phone call, whatever. So, I mean, I, to a certain degree, I do understand, especially with the whole verbal thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I knew the, I knew the language, so, okay, not a big issue, but I do understand in that, in the, in that sense. And, um, but I think it's not just because, and, and I'll tell you this, um, I'm always thinking of my, of my daughters, mm-hmm. uh, whether they're anything, 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 I think. Um, 
you know they're all healthy they don't they don't have any issues or anything like that any behavior or any any uh any of those kinds of issues but i'm always thinking about it. it's just being a dad yeah. yeah it's just being a dad and you always and 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 again this kind of goes back to originally what we were talking about is that you know men don't normally talk about these things because men always feel like the responsibility is on our shoulders yeah that we have to be the, the strong ones we're the ones that have to power through if I have to eat ramen noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. As long as my family has a good, you know, mm-hmm. you know, are Absolutely. fed properly. Yeah, right. If I have to have two jobs, three jobs, so that, you know, they're taken care of, we will do that. And then the problem is with men, we, for whatever reason, we've embraced the idea of suffering in silence. Yeah. And I think that's a stigma that really needs to, we, we need to get rid of it. We, we need to try and bring awareness that we do not have to suffer inside. Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and I'm, I, I think I'm a little guilty of that. Like, honestly, I'm as much as I'm a, I'm an extrovert and I am very outgoing and I, and I, I'm, I'm the life of the party, but when I feel stressed and I have anxiety or I'm dealing with depression or I'm just not in a good mood, I just like to be alone. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and my family and my wife have, 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 have confronted me about this, that I don't talk a lot about it and that I keep things quiet. And, you know, for me, I like to be alone in my thoughts because I like to, um, put everything in its place. You know, I, I like, like categorizing my thoughts and, and I'm a I'm a thinker by trade and I don't I've never been alone in my thoughts and come and came out for the worse. Um, even when I was dealing with, you know, severe depression, I was always able to, you know, talk my way through a lot of things, you know, and I and I don't know why I've been able to do that. I think I've always been like this, even as a child. You know, I always remember like well, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. And then this is going to happen. So this is what I'm going to do um, moving forward. And I've always, I've always talked to myself. I don't know if that even sounds remotely crazy. I know they say the first sign of like what schizophrenia is when you talk to yourself, but you answer yourself back or something like that. I, I don't know, but I, I do both. Uh, I absolutely do both. I do talk to myself and I do answer myself back. And I've even had, I've even had arguments internally with myself, but I, I don't, let me ask uh-huh. you a question before we continue. Are you the same way that I am? Like, let's say something happened. Well, I mean, I know that you're the type of person that you will confront mm-hmm. it, but, you know, because, like, say at work, something happened, and because you need to keep that professionalism on your drive home, you have that argument with that person where you completely are crushing them in the argument and that you feel better <laughs> afterwards. I do uh, that all yeah, the time. Absolutely, absolutely. It helps me because, like, because, for instance, like, I used to be a very angry individual like i when i was younger i would just get mad like i would i felt like everything could be handled through anger so whether that meant yelling or getting into a fight or whatever the case may be that's how i felt like i needed to handle everything and you know now as i've gotten older and i and i've progressed in my career and all this stuff i've i've learned that taking a step back for just a second 
taking a minute, well, not just a second, but taking a few minutes to stop, assess what, what's just happened in front of me. And even if I have to take a day to go home, sleep on it, and then have that conversation with that individual or confront that problem the next day, then I'll do it. I'll do, that's exactly what I do. Okay. But yes, I have sat in traffic and I have crushed the shit out of people in a, in a, in a verbal argue or no in a one-way verbal argument in my car i've probably people probably pulled up next to me see me finger pointing at the air <laughs> I do that all the time i do that all the time so okay i'm not alone yeah. no you're not and I, I think a lot of people do that but they're too afraid to admit it so so i mean so how about you do you are you a type of person that likes to be alone when you're going through those feelings I, or um no I don't, and again, this goes back to experience because it brought nothing but uh, more hardship on me mm-hmm. when I did that. And, and uh, you know, early on in life. So I'm the same way you, as you. I'm a very analytical person. I like to think about stuff, but my problem is that I overthink stuff. Yeah, it could be, that, could be dang, that could be just as dangerous. And that's yeah. my problem because when I'm, in a stressed out situation or I'm feeling emotional and I start thinking, then my mind becomes my worst enemy. Cause then I start going like, okay, this is what happened. This should have happened. I messed this up. You're worthless. And then it just, just de-evolves into a bad place. Do you place. tell yourself, so do you no. tell yourself that, that you're worthless? Like, do you actually like think that? I did at one point. I did yeah. at one point and that's, you, you know, no, and I agree. One I, of the I'm, times I'm, when I went and I started, okay, let me go. Yeah. You know, oh, this is my fault. I, I've never called myself worthless, but I have said this is my fault. Gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Like the issue when I first went, you know, I had ang- anger management issues. I'm like, oh shit, I, I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's causing stuff in my family. I need to fix myself. And then it wasn't that, it was something else. Okay. So I know I do not. I, I, I'll bug the shit out of my wife because I'll talk to her. Now, again, sometimes she'll be like, hi, Julio. But, yeah. you know, for the most part, when she knows when I'm stressed out and when she knows to kind of like close that yeah. Puerto Rican snarkiness yeah. and just listen to me, even though she still has the bad uh, uh, habit of she does not let me talk sometimes. Like, I'll start us an idea <laughs> and then she'll like interrupt. You're not alone. And then I'm like, <laughs> fucking let me finish. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I, I have to talk. I have to communicate it because if not, my mind is, is just going to go. It, to me, the way I feel is kind of like a glass of water. You could pour enough water. Eventually, shit's going to start yeah. spilling out. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think now, you know, uh, and in the past, my, my wife's always been like, are you OK? Like, I could tell, like, you got something on your mind. Do you want to talk about it? Like, now she asks me. Do I want to talk about it versus before where she kind of tried to pull it out sometimes and I wasn't, I wasn't ready, you know, especially when I was going through the depression and I would lash out, you know, and I, you know, just be mean or, or whatever, you know, it was just being a douchebag um, in general about it. But it, you have to be care. I guess my point is you just really have to be careful how you approach people. So this is if you're, if you're a spouse and, and you're dealing or even a family member and you have somebody in your family dealing with this. First off, you should never think that they should get over it, right? That's the, that's the first thing to get out of your fucking mind. And it's the worst advice 
you can ever give anybody and take it from a man who has told other people to get over it. Like I used to tell people this all the time. And I, and if, and if you're listening, I apologize for ever telling you that, but that's the worst advice you can do. And sometimes the best thing is to leave them alone, right? In their thoughts. And, and, and that might not always work because you can't, it's, I have to find a common happy meetings. You just can't leave them in the dark. It's, you have to slowly reel them in and ask questions and be like, so what's going on? How was your day? And then sometimes the floodgates will open, you know, and, and, and you know, kind of tiptoe around the, the things that happen throughout the day. And then you kind of, you know, work your way into the middle of, of, of the real concern. But, um, you know, you should never, you should never approach somebody who's, who you think is maybe dealing with or know that has been diagnosed with uh, mental health issues um, aggressively or even throw them a pity party because they definitely don't need that. Um, and you shouldn't cha- be challenging or provoking. You know, you try- want to be as accepting as possible. Um, ask thoughtful questions and, and get them. You have to get them to open up because I promise you once, once you get, once you gain that trust and you get them to open up, everything will come out. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Julian, but I think that's, that's generally how I feel. I think, yeah, I have to agree with you. And um, it's just, you know, just like in the, the, the movie, Evan Almighty, just acts of random kindness, just asking somebody, hey, man, how yeah. you doing? Yeah. Sometimes it's just as easy as that. But, you know, if you have a coworker or a family member and you visibly see them, you know, you, you interact them on a regular basis and you see that there's something wrong, um, I will ask, hey, are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm good. All right. All right. So at that point, I'm like, okay, there's a wall there. They don't want to talk about it. You know, I'll, in my most, uh, I don't want to say passive aggressive way, but it's more like my most hands off way. I'll say, hey, I'm here if you need to yeah. talk. Yeah. And then I leave them. And then I leave them yeah. alone. Um, and like, I'll say eight times out of 10, they will approach me. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, absolutely. And then, and then sometimes you don't even need to ask them what's going on. You know, maybe if, you pay them a compliment or if they're working on a project, if you're a manager or in a leadership role and you, and you see someone on your team, like really stressed out, like be like, dude, you're doing a great job. And that's it. Like a lot of times you'd be surprised how much that helps or remind the person their value or, you know, even if it's your spouse and be like, wow, you know, that's, you know, I really appreciate you did that dinner was amazing tonight, whatever the case may be, you know, Sometimes kind words go a long way. And I always remember, like, even when I'm out, like, there's been times where I've gone to get a cup of coffee and, you know, the Starbucks person behind the counter is, uh, cracks a joke or, or, or if I'm on the phone and he sees, like, it's a, a heated work conversation, like, they make a funny face at you and stuff like that and they break the tension with a smile. Like, it, it works. It really, really works, you know overload of kindness and positivity goes a long way with individuals who feel like they have nothing left or if they have nothing to lose or if if they just overall think their life sucks you know it's got to just take a minute to you don't even have to put yourself in their shoes because i think a lot of the times people try to do that or say that without the intent of actually doing it because you'll never be able to walk a mile in anybody else's shoes you know and i hope to god that you, no one in this world will ever have to walk a mile through some of the stuff that I've been through. Um, I don't want you to imagine it. 
You know, I, I don't, I, I would ever wish cancer or depression on my worst enemy. Maybe that one guy. But anyway, um, but I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. You should just try to be there for them as a support system to ask if they need anything, to, to give them, um, you know, re-encouraging words, motivate them, you know, remind them of the person they were before that and that they're still that person. You're just hitting a bump of the road because everybody goes through it, right? We all go through t- hard times and, and trials and tribulations and, and, and it's, it's a natural occurrence of life, but sometimes people just get stuck in a rut. And it takes a little, just takes, sometimes it just takes a hand to pull them out. In my experience, um, you know, some people can actually be a little bit more prone to those kinds of emotions. Yeah. Uh, you know, just have like a depressive personality yeah. or, or, you know, uh, so that's what I'm just, that's so, what I was going to say. But no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree with you. So what were you going to ask? What about now? Like, do, how do you, how do you just deal with your overall stress in life? Like, you know, we both have day jobs. You know, there's life. We're parents. Uh, you know, the, the not even life in general. Being parents, being adults, seeing that mortgage come every thirty days. You know, they never forget to they never forget to bill you. You know, getting that crazy water bill or something like that. So how do you how do you cope? And not really cope. But how, how do you manage your stress now? I, th- I feel like that's like a <laughs> uh, a loaded question, but you know, <sighs> I'm sure you do stuff. I, we all do, right? I mean, there's got to be a way. I mean, we all do. I mean, this manage is your stress. Some of those. So, so when it comes to like the mortgage and all this stuff, I mean, that's just being part of the worst decision I ever made in my life, which was becoming an adult. <laughs> um, that just comes with it. Yeah, being a low life sounds so much better right now. I, I, I give it half a star. Half a star. <laughs> on my writing, adulting, half a star. All right? Um, on the reviews, a very negative Yelp review. But, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I try not to focus on the stuff that I just, there's nothing I can do about it. If I don't pay the mortgage, we're going to lose the house and we're going to be home. Control so. what you can control. Exactly. So what I can control is the fact that I can't pay mm-hmm. this house. And what I can control is not to go above my means so that I can still able to pay this house and pay all the other stuff and still have some money left behind. Um, you know, I'm a baller on a, bu- on a budget. So, <laughs> you know, as long as I don't go far beyond that, then I'm good. And to be quite honest, man, and, and I'm not trying to sound uh, uh, like I'm pandering or anything, but I have a good support group in my, at home. My, my wife can have her moments where I just, I'm like, but she's very supportive. She, you know, I could talk to her. But everybody's you know, spouses I, have their moments. Like, and it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. not really so much for you, but for, for other people out there. Just in yeah, general. They're not, but, they're not but, your enemy, you know? But the thing is, oh, but you, you, well, you never know. know. You're absolutely right. But I, 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 without going into details or anything, I may have or have had coworkers that dreaded going home. Yeah, that's true. At the end of the day. That's true. And there's a whole other conversation about toxic marriages. and I've been through a marriage when I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm, it's time to clock out. And I'm like, I just, I don't want to yeah. go home. No, okay. I get it. Let me stay, let me stay a little bit longer, finish this project, get ahead of it or, or yeah. whatever. I know what that feels like. It sucks. <laughs> so what do you do to manage your stress? We got um, on the sidebar. More recently, I've actually gone 
another part about it is just fueling, uh, fueling your body correctly. I've cut out fast food. Actually, I had Jack in the Box oh, in the day because I had no I other. Jack I had no other box. choice. Jack's yeah, name, Jack but in the I box was not. Amazing. But I was not loving what it was putting me through for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> for I, I want to say for like the last month, month and a half, I've been eating very clean. You know, using like coconut oil spray. You know, the diety. You know, very nice, very clean. No frying, no anything. So I'm, and, and that's been helping me feel energetic. I've been doing my exercise. That's been helping me with a lot of stuff. And obviously, I've been taking my my medication uh, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and that's also been helping me a lot. And uh, so, I mean, and other than that, just occupied. Um, another thing why I'm, I I don't like being alone is I, I need to be uh, doing something. Gotcha, gotcha. So. Believe it or not, this podcast has become a huge stress reliever. Yeah. Even though it stresses the shit out of us because we were not, sh- we were not aware of all the yeah. pre and post-production afterwards, but it's been But it's fun. a healthy stress. I love it, but it's yeah. a healthy stress and it's actually kept me occupied and makes me look forward yeah. to something. I have something that I look forward to on a weekly basis and, you know, it yeah, helps. Absolutely. And, I, and, uh, and, you know, it, I'm the same way. I need to keep busy you know i i try to when i to to manage stress i just try to leave a lot of it you know i try to leave it in a box right like you know i it's hard i can't leave it at the office because my office is my home now um because of with 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 covid and quarantine but you know i i I really try to take frequent breaks during the day you know you know play with the kids talk to the talk to my wife um try to try to take advantage of the fact that I'm home as much as possible. And then also, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of key things. I, I, I have, I have started meditating. I've been meditating for uh, some time. I'm not a religious meditator, but I definitely do it a lot. And I work on breathing and I found that that helps calm me down quite a bit. And, um, uh, I definitely been trying to change my diet, especially with, I could tell you right now, I had I had did a really good job before COVID nineteen about calming down, eating the junk, even for as much as someone that travels that only has access to certain things, and you know something that traveled to rural America where my only option is a Waffle House. But um, but I uh, mm. but I definitely, I definitely try to eat a lot better, and it's it's a big difference when you eat better, um, for sure, uh, physically and and mentally and cognitive to. It's a lot better for me phys- physically and cognitively. And, um, you know, I think, um, I think, med- have you ever meditated? You ever tried meditating, Julian? I, yes, I've, tr- I've tried meditating. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's good. Actually, I even heard if you're not like wanting to like work out a lot, yoga is really yeah, great. Yoga is really good too. I, I have taken yoga in the past. I've been, I, I want to do hot yoga. I, I don't want to do yeah, yoga. Yeah, I want to. I heard that really loosens you up, man. No. But um, but back to the meditation part, man. Um, there is an app uh called Waking Up, right? It's on uh, iOS and Android. It's by Sam Harris, and it's uh the app is super cool. It's uh it works on breathing techniques, and also works on concentrating on meditation, 
and it's it's an excellent application. It really Sam Harris has he records all his own voice, and it's a very soothing voice. Um, and it really helps me. It helps me regulate my breathing. Um, it's an application that um, has some free sessions, but there are a lot of in-app purchases as well. But the cool thing is, is that Sam Harris will actually give you a one-year free subscription if you email him, and he has it on his website. So I'm going to go ahead and link that in the show notes below um, below our podcast, so that way everybody has access to it, and they can take a look at the at uh at this particular application i think you guys will really really enjoy it and it's not a sponsorship this is an application i've been using for about two years now and uh i think i i really enjoy it and it really helps me a lot with um coping and and uh and just just de-stressing sometimes and 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 being mindful and thoughtful um to myself and my surroundings yeah orlando so i'm really glad that we uh are, are, we, we're continuing to address these issues um, because, I mean, I, I know we hear about it and all this stuff, but I mean, it, it's one thing to hear from a professional, which we are not. We are not licensed professionals or anything like that. But sometimes it's good to hear from somebody else um, so you don't feel like you are struggling by yourself and that you don't have to suffer in silence. And I mean, uh, to anybody, men, women, whomever, but I know that men, uh, we tend to be the more guilty party as far as bottling all this stuff up and, you know, thinking that we're just going to muscle through it and things like that. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the purpose of, of doing this and, and continuing the dialogue uh, specifically in, on this podcast is just to bring awareness to it. And like you said, you're not alone. There are other people that feel like this. There are not only the other people, but there are other men going through what you may be going through. And if you're listening right now and you're like, wait, is he talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. If you have any types of feelings that you might have, or maybe this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, go back and listen to our episode Battles Within, and you'll see that you really are not alone. And that this is something that I think a lot of people are going through nowadays and or have been going through for a really long time and they just haven't had anybody to talk about it. And we're willing to put ourselves out there and throw it all out there for you guys to listen to what we go through in the hopes that you um, take this information and, you know, do what you need to do to get to get right and to take the proper steps into healing your mind. Absolutely. And if it's going to be us volunteering ourselves as tribute, then that's that's what it's going to be. So be it. So be so it. Be and it. always, just like I said it in the last episode. Our battles within asking for help is not a weakness, is not a sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of strength. Yeah, it's your first step to getting better. Exactly. With that being said, guys, wanted to remind everybody, if you go to our website, www.invinciblybroken.com, it has uh, all of our listings of all of our episodes. We have our blog on there. You can subscribe to our newsletter and Follow uh, what Julie and I are working on in the future as far as projects are concerned, episodes, and as well as future guests. We also are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All you got to do is search Invincibly Broken. Uh, take, a, take a look at us. When you listen to our podcast, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast. That helps us out here immensely. If you want to go ahead and follow me on Instagram, 
you can search invincibly underscore Orlando. And you could follow me on Instagram as well under invincibly underscore Julian. And guys, so we'll talk to you all next week. For all you dads out there, by the time you listen to this episode, Father's Day will pass. So happy Father's Day to all the amazing fathers out there. So we chit-chat again, guys. Take it easy. Good night.